Hello, stoned apes and others who are curious about the healing powers of psychedelic medicines. Welcome to the Stoned Ape Reports. I'm your host, Stuart Preston. Each episode, I talk to another stoned ape, somebody who has experienced the transformational powers of psychedelics, or with a practitioner who works with these medicines. In this episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Jimmy. Jimmy shared his story of decades of drug addiction, getting clean, and stopping the cravings in their tracks with psilocybin. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. So please enjoy this episode with Jimmy. All right, Jimmy. Well, thank you so much for joining me here on the Stone Dave Reports. It's uh, it's an honor to talk to you. You know, I, I saw your story and some of the things you mentioned on Facebook. So I appreciate you coming onto the show to, to share those experiences. I appreciate you asking me. It's, it's, a, it's an honor for sure. Awesome. Awesome. So let's just uh, jump right in with, uh, why don't you tell us kind of your stoned ape story? You know, what were you dealing with in life and where did it lead you and how did uh, entheogens and, you know, psychedelics help you out? Awesome. Well, so uh, uh, quite elaborate, uh, uh, lengthy um, struggle with alcohol and drugs uh, started at the age of 10 um, it progressed uh, through um, a lifetime of uh, attempts to quit um, Department of Corrections. Um, the, the way that I the way that I explain it to people is that uh, nobody can make you do anything, and when you finally decide you want to do it, nobody can stop you. And so what I, what I mean by that is is that for thirty years I struggled to quit jo- doing drugs, but I really didn't want to quit. Um, I was partying, I was having a good time and <clears throat> progressing into intravenous drug use of heroin and methamphetamine, cocaine. Um, and it basically took me into a, uh, later in the years, uh, homeless, um, mm. life was basically, basically on an end. I lived in a four door pickup truck with two rows of seats, um, for two and a half years, uh, uh, didn't have any place to shower other than, you know, couch surfing and doing that stuff. So, so when it comes down to it, I, I was, I was, I was high, um, for a good part of 30 years that I wasn't incarcerated mm. or, uh, uh, dealing with prison or dealing with trials or dealing with drug courts or something along those lines to keep my freedom so I could get back into getting high again. Every time I got done with the treatment or every time I got out of jail or every time any of those things happened, I was right back at it. And it wasn't until three years ago. So I'm 46 years old. Uh, started when I was 10. I've been incarcerated and or in treatment for seven and a half years total uh, throughout my life. And <clears throat> Um, it, 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 it was, it was full tilt. It was abundance, it, not abundance in a very law of attraction and happiness way, but abundance in, uh, you know, half an eight ball and a half a gram of heroin, mm-hmm. you know, uh, 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 at the same time and shooting it up and, and basically trying to kill myself in, in a fashion, but being so narcissistic, I couldn't, uh, uh, I would always put too much speed or, or too much cocaine in it to mm. keep me alive. Right. So, so the idea behind it is, is that, um, ethogens, uh, uh, and the, um, LSD or, or psychedelics <clears throat> came into play. Uh, I did them as a kid, but I did them in abundance again, uh, uh 10 and 20 hits at a time and, uh, yeah. uh 14, gra- 14 grams of mushrooms and, and doing all of these things in, in excess and excess and excess. And, um, I found myself living in a meth lab, um, and, uh, uh, 
got on Facebook one night and was, was just, you know, trying to figure out some things and, and a common friend came up, the, the people you may know, you know, the, that whole thing comes across the screen and says, mm-hmm. people you may know. And you look through it, you look through it and you go, huh, seven mutual friends. How do I know this person? And you go through there and investigate and it's three or four o'clock in the morning and you think to yourself, God, I should hit them up and see if they want to get together. And so you wait until the next day and you hit them up and they respond back and say, oh, hey, yeah, how do we know each other? And I say, oh, well, we just shared some friends. And they say, oh, well, that's cool. Yeah, how do you know them? And it goes into this big, long story. Mm-hmm. And, and um, turns out that they have a post on the back of their uh, uh, Facebook that says, um, trust the process. That's their cover page. That's what it mm-hmm. says in their background. Yeah. And I thought, oh, they, they've got to be in self-help or they've got to be in rehab or they've got to be in recovery. Maybe they'll understand my story. And I was looking and looking and looking for somebody to be able to share that with, right? And um, comes down to being that, no, she says, no, I'm, I'm, I've been clean for quite some time and I, I've kind of gotten through that. Are, are you clean? Question mark. Hmm. And, and, and at that point, I had a choice. Do I want to lie or do I want to be honest? And so I lied. And I said, no, yeah, I've got about six months under my belt, so on and so forth. And she said, oh, I bet that's hard. I know exactly where you're at. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Let's get together and have something to eat. So we go ahead and we have dinner one night. And I walk in and she goes, you're not sober, <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, and I said, no, but I really would like to learn how to get sober. And um, that's where the story begins, right? That's where mm-hmm. the, the the efforts of uh, psychedelics and um and, and ethnogens, uh, uh, come into play. Well, uh, it was, you, you need to, you need to stop doing all of the things that you're doing and you need to want to do it. So desire, desire is a huge thing for me where if you want to do it, there's nothing that can stop you from doing it except for mm-hmm. yourself. Right. And so when it comes down to that, I, I look at it and I go, all right, I, I really do want to quit, but I really don't want to throw away all my rigs. and I really don't want to throw away all my pipes and I really don't want to do all of these things. And, and so there was a good two to three week struggle there when our first beginning of our relationship uh, uh, started that, that ended up basically go to sleep, catch up on your rest, get yourself clean. Let's get some food. Let's get some things going and um, let's look into how we can do this. So the process starts out not so much jumping right into the therapeutics of psychedelics, but it starts out with mind, um, law of attraction, Abraham Hicks, Tony Robbins, books on tape, um, gaining the power of the mind to desire something better, to look on the other side of the fence, so to speak. And when it comes down to that, I, 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 I think that that's one of the most important parts of my psychedelic journey and my ethnogen use is the fact that you have to have positive intention or a goal set to bring your mindset into play so that you can use that as your, as your beneficial marker. Yeah. So, so I started out uh, uh, just reading a lot, just reading a lot. Boy, there's so much stuff you can find out on, on, on the internet and YouTubing videos about uh, uh, psychedelics and therapies and, and going through some of the things that are now, you know, the Johns Hopkins uh, soundtracks and some of the studies and some of the things that are going on. And, and I did everything that I could. And then uh, through the law of attraction and through some of the other meditations and studies that I was doing, I put it out there and I requested the universe to supply me with 
uh, an avenue to gain some of these medicines and some of these medications and, and to go that direction. And, um, I started telling everybody, I started asking everybody, hey, do you know, have you heard? Is there anything I can do? Is there any way I could? And somehow the universe provided. And so the phrase universe provided is a huge thing for me where the universe provides for everything that you want, that you ask for, that you can give back to the universe. And uh, lo and behold, ding dong kind of moment, um, there was an opportunity to, to, to purchase and to, to, and to, and to make uh, available some medicines. Hmm. So, so that, that situation happened. I, I had experience again, like I said, in abundance in the past and when I was a child of, of using LSD and, and using uh, mushrooms and, and, um, and going that direction. But uh, once those things were provided for me, uh, I um, went camping, right? It was the summer 2016, 2017. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, uh, we went camping and, and we made some tea and we, we, we experienced an experience that was unlike anything ever. Um, in a and this small, is a mushroom tea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In a small, in a small, in a small fashion. I think it was, I think we made it for the three people. I think we made it for, I think it was less than five grams total, but it was ground up and we put it in right. the tea and we, and we, we each, you know, took as, as much as we could stand and, and uh, let it do its work. And um, I haven't had a craving other than, you know, some, some drug use dreams and some other things in the last three years from that moment, it was gone. I, I stopped smoking. I stopped drugging. I stopped drinking. I stopped doing all of these things because the craving and the intention uh, 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 met head and head, right? So, mm-hmm. so, so, it, and and the intention took over. The intention and the universe knew I, I need to find my way out. I need to find a way to cure this and to move on to a different subject. And and I think that that's basically where it all started. And um, so so then. I go on about an eight or 10, maybe even 12 week regimen to where I'll, I'll do some maintenance. And uh, I found that my, my life after three, three sessions, uh, 2017 had really turned around. I'd landed a really great job um, and uh, uh, was doing great things and uh, uh, got a vehicle that I wasn't living in. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, and turned that into a, a rental situation and got an apartment and started to step up and step up and step up. And, and I just followed the dream. And, and I can't say that there was really any other plan other than continuing to have positive vibration, positive efforts towards everything I was doing. So what can you tell us about the, uh, the actual experiences, you know, and like we discussed, it's not, not really looking for a trip report per se, but you know, you, you drink the mushroom tea, you know, a lot of people talk, especially with mus- mushrooms about being confronted by the teacher and learning some hard lessons. Um, did you have that kind of an experience coming out of this? You know, I mean, how did you get to the point where, where there was no cravings? Was there any lesson that you had to work on and integrate? I mean, so what was the experience like? So I think in the first three or four times, it was, it was in a smaller dosage fashion. You know, I've always experienced the teacher or I've always experienced the dissolving of ego and or the, uh, the contemplation um, 
in a larger dose, dosage or a larger fashion. And mm-hmm. so, yes, of course, uh, yes, of course, those those things did come about. Um, I think the first one was um, a, a macro dose. Uh, uh, I believe it was three tabs of gel. Uh, uh, acid and then um, seven grams of uh, cubenzas. Um, that was uh, in, in another outdoor fashion. And, um, you know, the, the, the things that I generated from it was extreme severe onset anxiety upon the, the initial rise and or peak of the, of the situation. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, and then it was talking myself back down out of it using some meditations and some positive uh, uh, affirmations. And during and, and during I, the experience, yes, yes, to, okay. to to get myself back off of that uh, uh, roller coaster ride, mm-hmm. right? So right. it was it was it was an extreme crescendo where you go from you know you you buckle into the roller coaster and and you and you chicka 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 up that big first hill right and mm-hmm. you, you get to the top of that first hill and you go oh no oh no oh boy here we go oh my gosh and you start to think can i do this am i going to lose that am i going to lose my mind um i was in a situation where i was the only person in the group who was actually doing this and so there was a bit of that maintaining or mind control situation where I don't want them to all freak out and be like, dude, what are you doing? You know, there was a bit of, there was a bit of guilt and anxiety and remorse that was going on through that. But for the most part, no, I, I've never really had to deal with any of those things. And, and maybe here's a little reason why, and, and, and that's going to kind of go back into the, the, the drug abuse and drug use. I was pretty horribly drained. I, I was pretty small already. Um, I was working my way from not, you know, not being able to eat for several days. And I was working my way from living in my car for two years. And so the, so the, so the minimalization uh, 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 that was going on in my life at that time, I was trying to build back up into something which in a strange way have found that I don't need the abundance I'm not looking for the universe to give me the abundance and, and do those things. I'm looking for the universe to understand that I have four pictures on the wall and they all mean something to me. I don't have just random artwork on the house. I, I don't believe in that. I've, I've gone without for so long, Stuart, that, that, I, that I believe that I don't need abundance um, of, of anything or, 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 or stuff. Right. Right. So, so maybe in a weird way, that's, that's a big part of the teacher is that the, the lessons that I've learned and the thoughts that I've had during these trips have been reassurance, have been, you're doing the right thing. Look at where you are. Look at where you've been. Look at how things are going. And, and like I said before, in a, in a, in a different, in a different episode, and, and that's this, I don't believe that ego is a bad thing. I, I don't believe that ego is is needs to be dissolved, and you need to walk around as 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 an egoless being. I believe that it just needs to be kept in check, and it needs to be appreciated and honored. I, I just don't believe that it needs to be completely dissolved and thrown away. Right, and maybe, that makes sense. And and maybe and maybe it's me, right? I maybe I don't understand exactly what ego really is in order for it to be such a horrible thing. Yeah, I don't, and I don't know if people think it's a horrible thing, but I know that there's definitely a lot of philosophy about it. But I, I wonder, I wonder, one thing I was wondering about you, um, I hear a lot of people 
they go through addictions and, and whatever it is in life, there's usually some, something behind it, you know, like may, maybe trauma or, or something else behind it that a lot of times the entheogens bring up. Was there anything like that for you? Do you discover that was kind of the, the root of whatever emotional thing was going on that was behind all those years of drugs and alcohol and whatnot during that? And did, did the psychedelics kind of help you discover that? So um, it's a great question. I appreciate you going to that direction. So I, I believe that most of my drug abuse started as curiosity at such a young age. Um, at that point in my life, <clears throat> at the age of 10, there wasn't a whole lot that had happened yet. There was a couple things that were going on um, because of the um, um, nature of my family. I'm the youngest. Um, there's five years between me and my closest sibling, and then there's 10 years between my next closest sibling. So I'm quite a bit younger than most of my family. There's five of us total. Four of them are all older. Um, and so there was a lot of loneliness. Uh, my addiction and my drug dealing and my possession and my distribution and my charges and my other things that I did all my life were because I wanted to be needed. I wanted my phone to ring, so to speak. I wanted people to knock on my door and ask if I had anything. So there was a lot of that that drove my addiction and drove my discrepancies uh, uh, with my choices. But then there was also another side of, of oh, probably 14 years of severe um, sexual trauma um, being used as a sexual pawn in a relationship. Um, Super, super, super interesting stuff that I found to be okay in my life because it was at the time of felt needed, felt wanted, felt important about mm -hmm. that. Um, those, those things, those things have kind of come out and more than um, being brought forward and, 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 and made uh, uh, you know, a realization of it, it was more or less, nobody can erase that stuff from your brain, Stuart, right? Nobody can erase that from your mind. And so I think it was more of an acceptance and more of a, not so much merit badge, but I'm proud of the fact that I've survived the things I have. I'm proud of the fact that those things have happened to me and I've made it through it. Um, I don't, I don't view myself as somebody who's prideful or boisterous anymore. I think that it's toned that down quite a bit. I used to be hmm. very, very eccentric and very egocentric. Um, and um, I think that those things have mellowed out and I've, I've gotten to a point where I'm less, well, I'm deaf for the most part. I've had an accident, a, a traumatic brain injury. And, and so I, so I speak very loudly um, mm. but I'm, I, but during the time of being on speed and, and doing the other things in heroin, I was, I was severely, Hey, look at me. Hey, what can I do? And I've, and I've really mellowed out. Don't know if that's dog years, you know, I'm old, right? So I don't know mm -hmm. if that's, if that's that or, or, or what it is, but I'm, I'm finding to be great, um, relationships being built around, my honesty and about my transparency and building some of these things for these people to understand that, Hey, I'm just like you are. I'm doing some good things. I've been in the gutter and now I'm back out on the curb, so to speak. Right. Mm -hmm. So, 
So, so I'm, I'm dry and, and, and the rain is, is going down the gutter, but I'm, I'm up on the curb now. I'm not down in the gutter anymore. And, and here's how I did it. And how can I help you get to where you need to be? And those things and those mission statements that I've done since I've gained, uh, uh, remember, I'm, I'm really only three years off of the needle. And, um, and, and it's tremendous, the greatness of it. And I, I know for a fact that it's the power of the mind, the power of positivity, but it's also the ethnogens. I, I mean, it's got to be, it's got to be given the due respect that it deserves of being able to put those new neuro pathways together and be able to create new habits and to create new mindset and, and, and extinguish some of those old connections. Because like I've said before to a couple other people, the repetitive nature of drug abuse the getting up, the getting high, the going to work, the getting high, the getting up, the going to work, the getting high, the getting high, the getting high. That's how all of those things are formed. But, but being able to break those neural patterns and those neural pathways to get yourself off of those thoughts and those cravings and then doing a routine maintenance. I don't do anything in between my maintenances, nothing. I'm law-abiding, I'm completely good. I speed, I'm sorry, I have a lead foot. But, but ultimately, um, everything is great. And, and, and people who look at me in the streets don't have any clue, but I'm the first one to tell them that, hey, I'm in recovery, how's things going for you guys? You know, And, and they're like, oh, I don't really don't wanna quit. So that's the whole ticket, is the, developing the desire, finding a way to get there and then maintaining and doing the therapies that need to be done and, and integration su super cool and super awesome. Um, not as a trip report, but every time you go onto a therapy or into a session, something will happen that you integrate from. So there's always a hidden message and there's always something that will happen that, that you can bring forward. And recognizing that is the super cool part. I've, I've really found that to be enjoyable. Do you have any, uh, do you want to share any examples of something that was a really super cool message that you were able to integrate? So, <clears throat> so um, the, 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 one of the last ones was we were in the desert in Arizona and uh, uh, we had the lady, um, we were probably three miles out of camp going up the ridge, uh, this beautiful place plateau looking at all the cactus the yuccas were in bloom it was uh april and um we were about three miles out of camp heading up the trail and uh and here comes this little 90 year old lady she comes streaming down the pathway she's already been up to the top and back down and it's i don't know 11 30 12 o'clock in the afternoon so it's mm -hmm. dead of the sun and and um she comes down by and in the middle of the therapy session uh, uh, she comes, you know, out of the sunlight, so to speak. And she just comes down the trail and she says, you have all of your water. It's beautiful on the other side. You guys make sure you have enough to eat, make sure you have enough water. And she's just kind of cruising through. Well, not to say anything, but, but going from being a speed addict and an opiate uh, uh, addict, I've battled a little bit with my weight and my, my fitness and my other things from going from very sucked up in, in an addict form and being 160 pounds to, to being now my normal traveling and cruising weight of 220. Mm -hmm. But I'm, not, I'm a little soft. So most of the cool things that happened there were fitness, taking care of your body, hydration, and and just 
I've got to get myself into a, a, a fitness mode and get myself into a, a bikini weight, right? So um, that was one of the most recent ones that, that turned out to be super cool. Um, coming home, you know, starting out with uh, uh, seven minute workouts, working into 30 minute workouts and, 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 and going that way and really kind of getting on the path, so to speak, of, of, of not so much shedding the weight because it's not the weight that I'm worried about. It's the softness and or the, the cardio and the other things. And, and just seeing this little old lady coming out of the, the sunlight in the desert uh, uh, just was one of those messages from the universe that says, hey, look, she's still doing it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Universe provided you a message. Absolutely, absolutely, and and likely to, like to say I'm I'm still I'm still doing my 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 fitness and I'm still doing my regimen in the morning and it's making me feel you know a million times better and I, I I you know I'm pretty satisfied with my life and 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 so I'm not necessarily a gym rat going going heavy on the weights but it, it was it was definitely one of those things that was that was a spur of the moment message that that slapped me right in the head and said look at you. You, you, you could get round circles around by the 90 year old lady. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was definitely a cool moment. Nice. Nice. Now you mentioned a traumatic brain injury. Um, how did that play into your decision to work with the psychedelics or the way you worked with them? Did that, did that play a role in there at all? Well, I guess that there's always a little bit of apprehension that there may be some sort of um, um, leftover trauma. So, so seven skull fractures, uh, tendon coma, um, and uh, uh, plenty of subdermal hematomas, uh, bleeding on the brain. So and that all happened before you started these journeys. Yes, 1996. Um, oh, okay. So it actually. It was actually it actually ended a lot of my stuff, but I, I stuttered for a long time. I still have uh, 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 ears ringing and tinnitus that developed from that accident. And the, the the interesting thing is is that anytime I'm on a therapy or anytime I'm doing a psychedelic, uh, whether it be mushrooms or LSD, uh, my tinnitus goes away. And I'm not sure how to explain it, but it but it does. What I don't is know tinnitus? My brain is doing other. Tinnitus is ears ringing. Okay. So basically, I can hear my pulse. Okay. Um, I can hear my pulse and sort of a sort of a small dull frequency, just kind of a hmm. all the time, every day, <laughs> forever. And when you're on a and, journey, that goes away. Yep, absolutely. Uh, yeah. uh, it's super rewarding in the fact that I, it, it could be that it could be that the, the 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 stimulus of the brain is is doing other things, and so it's drowned it out by something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how you know how the intensity of your hearing picks up quite a bit when you're when you're in a journey. Uh, uh, so um, maybe it's maybe it's muffled down, but I've never been able to hear the ringing while I'm while I'm actually in the session. So that's a super super cool side effect. Uh, uh, but but the, the the TBI never really um, caused me to think. Uh, you know, I've been pumping, I've been pumping pounds and pounds of methamphetamine and heroin into my body for the last 20 years, right? So I wasn't too worried about whether my brain could handle it or not, if maybe that was your Yeah, question. yeah, because you'd already put your brain through a lot. So you weren't, you weren't too concerned about that going into it. No, no, not at all. That's for sure. So the cool thing about the cool thing about the things that I've learned, and the cool thing about the, the way that, that that it's all kind of transpired is, the universe does talk to me. Um, 
I'm able to do some mind control, uh, which helps in some very, let's just say stressful, sober situations. And I don't know if sober is the right word, but, but, but everyday situations mm-hmm. where, where work is, work is a, a heavy, uh, stressful, you know, customer uh, service and or client uh, uh, needs. Um, end of the day, uh, uh, late night call comes in when I'm on call on a Friday, have to pick up and get going and get out to a place uh, and do that stuff. And the mind control that I have in some of these macro dose settings where you'll get those 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 roller coaster moments where you you, you start to get a little bit of anxious and, and get a little bit of uh, uh, anxiety coming on to where you you maybe you've maybe pushed the threshold a little bit too much and doing the meditations and the calming and deciding that that's not necessarily the case <clears throat> and calming yourself down really helps in taking you know because for thirty years of being a drug addict Stuart. Uh, you have very little patience, right? Hmm. You, you, you don't develop those things as an addict for the most part. You, 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 you throw tantrums, you do things and you let stress get into you really quick as a, as a reason or a, a, a an excuse to get high. So through these therapies and, and gaining some of these moments to where you, you, you kind of want to step out of yourself um, and calming yourself down and meditating yourself back down through the, through the ethnogens, boy, I'll tell you what, they help the everyday life quite a bit in tolerance mm. and in patience. So those are some really cool things that I've developed along the way in the last three years as well. Nice. So given all your experiences, what, what would you say is, is uh, needed to have a good therapeutic or spiritual journey? What, what are the components that you would say really, you really need to kind of put together to have a really good, a really good, healthy experience that you can, you can take some lessons away from. Well, I think, I think that number one, so there's, there's really the four, the four points, right? So you have um, intention, um, maybe, maybe journaling some intentions for, for a week or two prior uh, things that are bothering you, things that you want to uh, dispose of, um, so your intention, I think, is the number one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, your mindset uh, is usually needs to be an everyday thing. I, I think that if you're filling yourself full of the world that we're living in today, you're going to have a bad experience. But I think that if you're able to power over that and get into something a little bit more positive and or understand that a negative you know, can result in a positive um, and should be turned into a positive in most aspects. Um, that is an everyday practice. So mindset just being in the power of positivity is a, is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're, you're set um, where you're at in the setting. I think that you need to be, uh, for me, I need to be outdoors. <clears throat> um, hmm. Whether it be whether it be out in um, the yard, whether it be out in uh, uh, the mountains, the desert, um, but but outside, um, and um, I, I prefer I prefer shade. I don't prefer scorching hot sun, and um, I, I like to have just a very faint soundtrack in the back um so i'll i'll usually sound cloud hmm. or i'll or, or i'll do something along those lines to where i can be 
um, just intrigued by the music and have it as a dull roar in the back. Uh, and then um, I'll usually start out by listening to um, a couple um, Abraham Hicks uh, uh, lessons um, about intentions and the power of positivity law of attraction and uh, kind of get going that direction. And then um, usually we'll try and do some sort of uh, physical exertion during uh, uh, the session or the journey. And then um, uh, a really cool uh, letdown or a really cool um, uh, um, ending to the journey. Uh, The, the, uh, the other thing is too, is that I like to fast. I, I don't, I don't eat. Um, for a good 24 hours prior mm-hmm. to my journey. And I also try and dehydrate myself initially and then hydrate. And I will do some fruit after the peak. So, um, you know, apples and oranges after the peak uh, uh, on the way back down. So you dehydrate um, beforehand and then do you mm-hmm. hydrate during or no, you just do the, the fruits on the, the come down. So I so I'll I'll, I'll hydrate during uh, uh, water only no 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 sugars or, or any of that stuff and then uh, uh, which I don't I don't drink any soda or do any of that stuff I, I I'm only a water person mm-hmm. but um, but uh, uh, I will I will then go ahead and um, hydrate during so I'll do as little as I can to dehydrate and you know it's it's almost a practice as the um, the Native American sweat ritual where they would where they would starve or they would fast and they would dehydrate uh, before they do some of their sweat therapies and or peyote sessions. And I've read a few of those things to where it brings out some of the, some of the demons and lets the medicine do some of the work um, that way. But then obviously hydrating during, uh, and then again, like I said, the vitamin C's or um, even, even, even C in a bottle of water uh, on the way back down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, I know you're very open. You talk about this and, and I, you know, I'm grateful cause you're going to help a lot of people with this. Have you dealt with any stigma? You know, as you talk to people, um, have you felt a stigma inside of you or have you felt people react to you with any kind of stigma, uh, toward psychedelics in general? I mean, I guess after 30 years of, with the drug use, you know, you probably had to deal with a lot of stigma and reaction and probably judgment, you know, from other people. What has it been like when you talk about psychedelics and entheogens, anything like that? Well, that's a great question. Um, I wish that there was about another hour and a half we could talk about uh, stigma um, in just general society. I, I, I agree with what your statement of, of being an addict for 30 years. Um, You know, (laughs) There's, there's, there's definitely a uh, physical appearance of a heroin or meth addict. There's a, there's a physical appearance that mm-hmm. you, you, you standing at the gas pump, pumping your gas, an old boy pulls into the, the gas pump next to you, and he gets out all jittery jattery and or talking to himself and or other, maybe some teeth missing, maybe some of those things of those physical characteristics that happen. Luckily, uh, you know, I played hockey growing up, so I've got a bunch of fake teeth that never could rot out of my mouth. But mm. there's, a lot of, there's a lot of them that I used to get pulled just so I could get pill subscriptions from my dentist. Uh, mm. uh, 
and uh, so I have a few teeth missing, but I've got I've got I've got a, most of my front plates together. So, so the the point I'm trying to make is is that I don't have the appearance, and I don't believe that there's an ethanogen uh, uh, or or uh, uh, psychedelic stigma, right? I don't think that anybody can look at it unless you're wearing a tie-dyed shirt, right? So, so ultimately, <clears throat> um, there's not too much of that. When I get into the fact that I'm in recovery and that I use psychedelics to, to, to help with my recovery and aid in my therapy sessions, I would think that more than not, probably, probably 70% of the people are like, huh, so you take acid? So they're kind of uneducated in that form, but, but, they're, but they're curious, like, huh? Um, those people who know me from when I was a full-blown addict and, 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 and growing up through school years and high schools and <clears throat> other things, they're, they're, they're pleased as punch. Uh, uh, yeah. You know how human, human race is. I'm, I'm so happy that you're, I, I, I'm, I'm so happy that you're still alive and I'm so happy that you made it through it and thank God you did and, and kudos to you and do whatever you're doing that makes you happy because I just like to see you alive. I don't want to come to your funeral. And those kind of things are what I get on the other side, right? So people who knew me growing up, they're, they're so pleased that I'm still here because there goes plenty of times where I could very well not be right so 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 there's that but um my family so the, you know the stigma with my family is pretty much just kind of nah uh uh they're, they're pretty worn out right um they're, they're, there's some religious overtone there and there mm. there's also a, a there's also a, a bit of um don't infect my kids right yeah um worry worry about whether i'm gonna uh, uh, offer some ideas to the kids to to maybe have them step a different direction than they're being told at home yeah. Um, but, but, but ultimately, you know, it comes into the fact that <clears throat> most of the people, uh, uh, at work are super excited. They, they enjoy, they enjoy the whole aspect of, um, knowing, uh, there's somebody they can go to that's experienced in a lot of those things. Uh, we deal with a lot of different clients and we deal with a lot of different coworkers that, that are of the age where, you know, maybe they're, maybe they're doing some things on the weekends they shouldn't be right. And mm -hmm. battling that some demons that they should be and I'm super honest my drug of choice these days is honesty and transparency and so we'll have a Monday morning meeting where we sit down and people will be like so what did you guys do and I'll say well I you know we flew down to Phoenix and went out into the desert uh, uh, superstition mountain and uh, had a, a psychedelic therapy session and um, it was super awesome the lightning and the and the uh, uh, the rainstorm that came in and so on and so forth and everybody just is really latched on so as far as the negative aspect of any of those things, Stuart, I, I don't believe that there has been one of those. Um, Good. Every, every single one of the people that I deal with every day knows that I'm in recovery, knows that I'm trustworthy, knows that everything is going in a positive form. Um, some of them have asked me about it. Some of them have kind of, kind of in a way just said, well, that's good for you. Um, and, and that's fine. Uh, I don't, I don't need judgment. I don't care for judgment and I'm okay with judgment. Um, the, the quality of person that I'm rebuilding in the last three years is, is getting, is getting pretty good at um, being okay with myself. Wonderful. That's awesome. That's awesome. And very inspirational. Your story is very inspirational. As we uh, wrap up here, um, what else do you want to share? What else do you, do you want to get out there? You know, how's life treating you today? You know, is there anything else you want to get out before we uh, roll this thing up? 
Sure. So a, a couple things that just in the, in the whole overall message is, um, you know, everybody's got to find what works for them. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm not a shape one form and that's it. But, but I do know that uh, psychedelic therapy has, has worked for me in a tremendous fashion. I, I do know that <clears throat> with the cannabis movement and the money grab situation that's kind of gone on, that's distorted the legalization, um, I, I hope that that doesn't happen with this process as well. Mm. Um, yeah, so a couple of the things that I'd like to tell people is basically just um, find what works for you. I'm not about work for everyone, but uh, it's sure to get bigger to change the way that your life is going, the psychedelics can easily help you reroute some of those thoughts. You need to have the positive thoughts and you need to have the right direction and go the right direction, no matter what it is. And I, and I think ultimately desire, patience, good intentions, and something to feel good about being honest and open. It's amazing to me how many people you can go and just say something to about I'm having a really bad day and they'll be like, Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And just the fact that you've said that yeah. makes things a little bit better. Right. Sure so it, integrate, integrate your life, however you need to do it, but do realize that there's a lot of great people in these groups and a lot of great people in, 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 in the world and psychedelics and the treatment facilities are going to be coming up and more and more and more. And if you need to find yourself in a life changing manner, changing it from whatever it may be, as, as, as you know, it doesn't have to be addiction. It doesn't have to be depression. It could be anything that you want to change in a positive fashion. I mean, they're writing code with microdosing, right? So right. It, 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 it could be applied to anything. And I just am very, very grateful for you giving me a voice for a few minutes and allowing me to be a part of this uh, uh, wonderful movement and finding some, finding some intrigue in my story and wanting me to uh, talk to your guests and your, 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 your followers. And I'm, I'm super grateful. And, and I think that's the way that I live every day, Stuart is I'm super grateful to still be here. There was, there was always a wonder, why am I still here? And why am I still doing this and trudge, 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 trudge through my day. And now it's just like, man, I can't wait to go to sleep and dream again. And man, I can't wait for the next 12 week therapy. And God, I sure do wish you guys can get your shit together. Cause <laughs> you know, cause, cause yeah. I'm having a, I'm having a great day. Come along with me. And uh, uh, that's the life that I've, I've really been looking for living uh, uh, for 30 years. And, and I'm finally getting here and, and it, it wouldn't have happened without some of the psychedelic therapy help. That's for sure. Oh, that is wonderful, Jimmy. Thank you so much for, for sharing that truly inspirational. And uh, I'm super proud of you and all the work you've done and just wish you the best of continued success in your life. I appreciate it. Thank you. You too, sir. That concludes this edition of the Stoned Ape Reports. Thank you for listening. Please follow us on Instagram at Stoned Ape Comedy and subscribe to our newsletter at www.stonedapecomedy.com. Again, thanks for listening and catch you next time, Stoned Apes.